everyone. Welcome to another episode of Life from the Feet Up. My name is Victor. And I'm Devon. And we have a special guest with us today, one of our friends, Jamie. How you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for having me. Just so you know, it's a little better when you get closer to the microphone. People can actually hear you then. Try that again. Said pretty good. Thanks for having me. <laughs> no problem, better? Buddy. That's better. So much better. Good. All right. Today on Life from the Feet Up, we're going to be talking about balance, balance and orthotics, because Damon is kind of a, um, let's say, an expert on orthotics. Would you consider yourself an expert? Yes, I would consider myself an expert in my field. Uh, because he's sort of the expert of, or an expert on orthotics, we're going to talk about orthotics and how they uh, work with your balance and so on and so forth. Uh, we're going to go through, touch through some different points, and um, some of these things, like we're going to talk a little bit about the elderly and how orthotics affect them. We're going to talk about runners today and how orthotics affect, affect them. Uh, we're going to only briefly touch on the runners thing because I believe we have talked about that. The runners segment, we're going to do a full runners segment for those of you runners out there on uh, the pros and cons and everything that happens with orthotics. So we're going to do a full runner's episode, so we're just going to briefly touch on that today. And we're going to talk about kids for all you parents out there who are uh, worried about your children and how they get around and watching them stumble. Is their stumbling natural and correct, or is there a problem there that you're seeing that you don't know? We're going to talk about all that fun stuff. And... Um, mainly we're going to talk about the orthotics and every piece of that. And we also have a new... Um, a new segment today. We'll, we'll hit this later, but we will have a fun foot fact to give out today. Are you excited about your fun foot fact? Absolutely, and I think everyone will enjoy this one. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be overcome with excitement there, Damon. All Absolutely. Right. Uh, also, today we're going to touch about uh, the average Joe, because uh, if you're not elderly, if you're not a runner like myself, and you're not a child like myself, um, how are, do orthotics affect the average Joe? So those are the things we're going to talk about today. So let's start things off with our elderly. Daman, what can elderly do? One of the topics I think we have written down here is fall prevention. Uh, this actually speaks pretty uh, close to home for me as my grandmother recently fell and broke her femur uh, during the fall. And so it was like a big ordeal. And I know that a lot of other elderly, like her friends are getting older as well. Uh, and they have all talked about how they've begun to start falling and what can they do to help with the prevention of those falls? Well, you know, speaking of uh, the elderly and fall prevention, between one third to one half of the elderly age 65 and older uh, will experience a fall. And out of that group, about 6% of them will uh, incur a fracture during those falls. So it's, it's, it's a big ordeal in the U.S., and we, we see a lot of it in our practice. Um, we, we do a, a lot of fall prevention training uh, through physical therapy, and we take a lot of preventive measures to, uh, to make sure that we deter these type falls. And there's a couple things that you can do as the loved one of, of uh, the elderly or, you know, if you are that person yourself. There's a couple of things that you can do to kind of help yourself along with with these type problems. One of the things that we start off with when we first evaluate uh, someone for fall prevention is we do what we call a fall risk assessment. And basically what that is, when, whenever you come into the office, we'll have you do a series of tests. And it's pretty much things that you would do on a, on a regular basis, like reaching up into your cabinet or bending over to pick up an object. Um, what people fail to realize they take these small tasks for granted, and these are some of the, the main things that causes falls falls among amongst the elderly. Uh, so once we determine what their fall risk is, and it's based on a uh, graduated scale, once we fall figure out what their fall risk is, then we can determine what we need to do from there to correct some of their issues. Now, where orthotics come in at, uh, orthotics are orthotics are devices that are used to help stabilize instabilities in the foot. So now just for those people who don't know at all what an orthotic is, you said it's a device, but what does this device do? Where does it go? What's it made of? Let's do a little brief touch on that. Well, what an orthotic is or orthosis is, is it's a device that's made out of several different types of material, uh, depending on what type of device you're making. Polypropylene is probably one of the, the most common uh, materials that we use to fabricate orthotics. Uh, but you have EVA, which is a soft material. 
Uh, you have cork, uh, which is another softer material. Uh, so we use these type materials to to fabricate orthotics based on what the need is. So for someone that needs a lot of stability uh, and a lot of biomechanical correction, we'll use something that's a little bit more rigid like polypropylene. So then once you make these orthotics, they are then inserted into shoes. Yes. So I, I guess to kind of really answer your question and give you a good idea of what they look For like and what they are. someone who's never seen one and has no idea. Everyone knows what uh, the, the over-the-counter inserts that you get from Walmart. And, you know, they have the little kiosks that you step on. and, and Are you gelling? There you go. <laughs> so if, if you have ever seen one of these type devices, it's, that's kind of what the device looks like. Okay. The difference between the two is a custom device is custom made to your particular foot type, whereas an over-the-counter device is based on your foot size. So one of the interesting facts about the foot is that the arch length is kind of like your fingerprint. No two people have the same arch length. And the alignment of the foot is captured through the arch. And are your arch lengths different from foot to foot? It very well could be. Okay. Uh, a very known, a very well known fact is that typically, that two feet are not the same size, and it's very common. Mm-hmm. Usually, one foot is bigger than the other. I actually sold shoes for a while, and that was actually a, a big deal when you were trying people on. They always made them have to try both shoes on. So for those people out there listening, always try both shoes on because of that. One shoe is actually bigger than the other. If you happen to try the smaller foot on and it fits perfect, the other foot may not fit so well absolutely you you should always fit to the bigger foot and if you're over a size difference between the two between the two feet you need to split sizes have you seen that how how big of a difference have you have you seen oh it's very common matter of fact my daughter is one of those those patients uh matter of fact her and it's a birth defect uh when her her left foot is two size two sizes larger than her right oh wow wow so, I didn't realize that yeah. it was that common. Yeah, so it's it's uh and some companies some companies can't accommodate this. They will sell you a split pair. Instead of buying two pairs of shoes all the time. Correct. But most places are gonna make you buy two pairs and you're gonna have to split the pair yourself. So and it can get quite expensive. Uh but back to uh fall prevention and, and the elderly. Um so some of the things that we can we can do is uh we can help stabilize the foot. Most of your most of your, the conditions that's going to cause falls amongst the elderly are, one, the environment, you know, obstacles in the way in the home or uh, dim light. You know, then you have medication, uh, you have arthritis, you know, all these conditions is contribute to the, the fall risk. Um, along with that is pathology. And pathology is probably one of the biggest causes of instabilities and falls amongst the elderly. And for those of us that don't know what pathology means, I'm raising my hand, by the way. <laughs> uh, pathology, basically what pathology is, is is what the problem is in the foot. So if you have a flat foot, that is the pathology. The flat foot is the pathology. Okay. So it's just a medical term for what the problem is. Okay. Okay. So uh, with the elderly, we, we use a balance braces and basically what they are is a brace that we can put on the foot that helps stabilize the foot so they have stability when they step down onto this base one thing about the body an interesting fact about the body is that and if you think about this the body is a very unstable machine by nature the skeletal structure of the body is just very unstable because if you think about it you have this superstructure standing on top of this very, very small base. The feet is relatively small compared to the body, and it has to support this superstructure standing on top of it. So by nature, we are already, you know, unsteady and, and off balance. So if you add on top of that certain pathologies like flat feet and uh, posterior tibial tendonitis and these type pathologies that we see on a regular basis, that kind of compound the, the chances of us having a fall. So what we want to do is we want to stabilize the the base. So, and I tell my patients all the time, when you think about your feet, you can think about any structure, any structure. You can think about um, a house, a building, what have you. If the foundation is built at an angle, when you put the walls up, the walls are going to follow that angle. Uh, your car, if you replace your tires and never fix the alignment, you're just going to have to keep replacing the tires. Yeah. 
So we always got to fix the underlying problem, which always come back to stability. And stability is what we're, what we're after whenever we create orthotics and AFOs and these type of devices for the elderly. So now are there things that they, people can do prior to – I mean, we, we did start with the elderly – um, but just a little precursor to, is there things that as that you can do along the way to fix these problems or is it just stuff that just continues with you no matter how old you get it, you can't really fix these things. Well, it, it is there, there, there are things that you can do to, to kind of be, uh, uh, proactive in stabilizing the body. And a lot of people don't think about their feet until they're bothering them. You know, so we, we don't, we're not very conscious of the type of shoes that we wear, um, and we're not very conscious about the stability of the shoes that we wear. Uh, I, I I know we're all men here, but I, I would have to say that's definitely a very much. Do you see that's more than a female thing? F- females are are pretty bad about the type of shoes that they wear because it is style is very important to them, and stability is bulky, style is sleek, slim, and unstable. So they they're going to sacrifice their feet to wear a cute shoe. It's common. Do you see do you see more issues then with women's feet because of this? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh you see a lot of traumatic type issues with women's feet based on the shoes that they have worn uh their whole life. Hmm. So, yeah, cuz summertime's it's flip-flops, the uh cheapo flip-flops, winters it's Uggs, which are just flat shoes as well. Uh they're very warm though, I'll tell you what. Yeah. I own some Uggs, some man Uggs. And they're pretty. Why are you looking at me like that? I didn't know there was such that, a thing as man ups. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and that's something I would never say out in public. But oh. to each his own. I would well. not judge you upon that. I will judge you on the fact that you weren't something that someone supported. Oh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sad moment. Sad Absolutely. moment for me. <laughs> but one of the things, back to what we can do to kind of be proactive in this, is you know, educate yourself on what a stability shoe is and how important that stability shoe is to your overall health because your feet is the first line of defense for your overall health. If you think about it, if you have a sedentary lifestyle because you can't get around because your feet either hurt or you're injured and you can't move nine times out of 10, you're going to get sick. There's no blood flow. You have to be able to move in order to keep the heart pumping in order to keep that fresh oxygenated red, uh, red blood cells, uh, uh, flowing through the body. So it's very important to take care of your feet. So you want to start off by, you know, making sure that you, you wear stability shoes, stable shoes. And for the female listeners and for my female patients, I always tell them that it's not something that you have to wear all the time. It's just something you need to wear most of the time. And I usually say, Give I your use, feet a break. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I usually give them the two hour rule for two hours out of the day. You can wear any shoe you want. And that will usually cover most events. Outside of that, you need to be in something stable. So stability is one of those things that you just you have to really, really focus in on in order to prevent some of these things from happening. All right. Now, sticking with the the elderly, we had talked about some things for fall prevention. Um, we had talked about we're going to talk about with each different section that we're going through is the type of i'm going to try this word again i tried this word before we started and i was having trouble with it so correct me if i'm wrong orthoses did i say it right yes you did yeah all right types of orthoses that um the elderly can i mean knowledge is power so when if they're we have listeners who are older or we have listeners whose parents are older or grandparents are older and they're having certain issues and they want to help their grandparent or parent by taking them to a doctor or taking them to uh, a specialist, what types of things can they look to or think of or maybe recommend? Because, I mean, a lot of this stuff is foreign to a lot of people. What kind of – what types of things are out there for the elderly? Well, what, one of the things that I will say is that if, if you have that concern uh, that your loved one needs any of these type of devices – my first recommendation would be to see someone. Just get them there. Yes, just yeah. get them there. Because, I mean, you have there's, – there's a ton of different over-the-counter type devices out there. Everyone has something that's going to help with whatever problem you have. Uh, but the problem is without the knowledge of what it is that you actually need, it, you can make the problem worse. So the first thing that I would do is I would, I would take them in to have them evaluated 
and get the opinion of the practitioner on what type of devices uh, that, that's needed for your loved one. Now, here's a question. I have a loved one who's older who just fell, like I said, my grandmother, um, and I love her dearly, but she tends to be a little stubborn about things like this. What do you recommend, or is it is there to a point? Because her idea and her statement would be, "I'm already eighty some years old. What does it matter at this point?" What What do you say to to somebody? Is it, do you agree with that that term of just like, "Well, they're already eighty. They got there. Whatever." Or is there still things that they should do or could do that could really benefit them a lot? Well, again, y- you see, you see this mentality a lot, and you see these type of patients a lot. And the conversation that I have with these patients is that you're, you're correct. I mean, you're 80 years old. However, a really bad fall could be fatal. Yeah. You know, and at this point, you know, is is we're not trying to say, hey, we're going to extend your life out to you 110. No. But the thing about it is, is if we can prevent these fatal occurrences from happening, that's what we need to do. So I try to educate my patients on why it's important to be stable, and they want their independence. The, the one thing about the elderly is that they fear the most of losing their independence, and a fall can take that from them. Yeah. All right. So we touched a little bit about elderly. Um, once again, if we didn't get to something that you guys have a question about, you can always email us at lifefromthefeetup at gmail.com. That is our email so uh, if there's anything out there that you want us to specifically answer that we didn't touch upon or you have specific questions about, again, once again, feel free to email us. But let's move things on here. Um, moving on to we're going to touch briefly on runners. I know um, my wife joined a group that had – it was called uh, – I believe First Stride was the name of it. Yeah. yeah. Do they have that here, down here as well? We yeah. did that in Pennsylvania. It's, We're now in Georgia. I, I don't think it's called for. I think it's like Striders Club or something like that. But, but it's, something it's a, similar it's a running, to that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where basically they got together and it was a lot of like first time runners, and a lot of like seasoned runners, and they got together and did uh, train to run a five k. Right. Um, and they worked together and stuff, and it was a really neat program. She absolutely loved it. But I know she personally had a lot of issues. Uh, she has the need for orthotics. Um, as you know, because um, you've helped treat her, uh, she's burned through her first pair immediately, but is now on a second pair and is doing better with them. But what things um, I kind of we didn't talk about this before, but I kind of want to touch on for the basic beginner runner, not only the orthotics, but shoes. We didn't really talk about that. What what's a good shoe? What's a good idea for a shoe of some sort? for a runner this is just something that i well you know and and that's that's going to be a loaded question and and it, why is that and it's going to get a, a lot of responses from runners because you know everyone has their ideal running shoe or what they consider to be a really good running shoe one the minimalist trend is the big thing right now everyone wants to run in minimalist type shoes. Now, by yeah. minimalist, you mean the ones that are basically just a piece of rubber, and you're running. Correct. That, it's the ones that have barefoot look, running. Yeah, is basically what it is, and it's, the ones that look like gloves on your feet type deal. Yes. Those shoes. Okay. So here, here's the thing about um, about minimalist. The, min, the minimalist type shoes gives you the feel of barefoot running, so it gets you closer to the ground, um, and you have more feel of the ground, and and that's what people are going for. However, I have no problem, and let me say this again, I have no problem with minimalist-type shoes. Here is my opinion on it. I feel like it's a, it's, it's a, it's a great way to run in the ideal environment. If you're on the earth, earth is a shock absorber. It will absorb shock. So that, that force that running creates on the joints and on the bones is able to leave the body when you're on a soft surface like the earth. But so by that you mean like the dirt and, and grass or something like correct. that? Correct. Okay. But when you're running on a hard surface, which around here 90% of the runners are on hard surfaces, it's, that's not going to absorb the shock. So it's going to send that shock back up the kinetic chain, and it's, it's just going to hit every joint on its way back up. So like we concrete and asphalt and correct. stuff like that. So yeah. I feel like they have to be some type of shock absorber in between the foot and the ground. Okay. So I, I will always recommend 
a more supportive type shoe for running versus a minimalist type shoe. I try not to push brands. As a practitioner, I try not to push brands. Is there a specific reason why or just because it's, you it's just, just don't want to show favoritism? Correct. And, and it's, not, it's not something that, that, that we're in the practice of doing, pushing any, any particular brand. But what I do tell runners and my, just my patients in general, and we actually wrote up a guide on how to determine what's a stable shoe. Okay. There, there, there is a guy that, that was written by myself that, that we give out to our patients that shows them how to test and determine if that shoe is stable enough. Is that guide online somewhere that they can find it? That guide is, should be on, uh, on our website. And the website is? The website is www.atlanticfeet.com. Okay. So go up on that website and you should be able to uh, find that guide on there somewhere? Absolutely. All right. Excellent. And if it's not there, I will have our marketing department put it up there but I'm almost certain it's there. Okay. But it, that guide would tell you step-by-step step how to determine what's a stable shoe. If the shoe passed that test, it's a good shoe. If it doesn't, it's not, it's not a good shoe. I don't care what the brand is. Okay. Fair. All right. So, again, just touching quickly on uh, what types of orthoses are there for runners? Well, we, we, have, uh, we have a couple different devices. Right, by the way? Yes. We have a couple yeah, different devices uh, that we use for runners. Uh, we do have a orthoses or orthotic that's specifically made for runners. And basically what we, what we did with this particular orthoses is we took off the heel cup, focused more on the forefoot and the arch. Most runners are midfoot strikers. So they, they're up on their midfoot to forefoot more so than they are on the heel. So we kind of focus uh, a little bit more on uh, the arch and the midfoot and, and this particular orthotic, and it's been working out very well for us. Now, when you say we, I've noticed you said the we word. For those of us, like, I know what you mean by we, um, but for those of us out there in the uh, podcast world that don't know what you mean by we, who is we? We are the practitioners as we have a we have several different locations. We have seven locations uh, where we actually have offices. Um, in the Savannah, Georgia area, Pula area, New River, South Carolina area, Statesboro, and Hinesville. We also own and operate our own orthotic lab. Uh, so everything is made in-house, and everything has our direct uh, prescription to it. And those companies are the? Atlantic Foot and Ankle Specialists. Okay. That's the offices that are located in? Uh, the Savannah. Pula yeah. and so on, yeah. Those are the seven locations of the, the, the physical practices. And okay. then we have our orthotic lab, which is Art Travels Orthotics, which is located in Statesboro. Okay. And you guys are the ones who designed this specific runner's orthotic? Yes. Yes. Okay. That's great. All right. So you have – so that's basically the type of orthos – I just screwed it up in my own head and it got me all messed up. Two Jamie, can three. you say it? Orthoses. Man, why can you say it and I can't do it? What's going on here? Above, uh, I guess so. Um, so, any other types that you guys use or that your practice uses? Well, it, it it all comes down to what the patient wants. I can I can fabricate you anything. Yeah, I mean, we we I can make you almost any type of. Hence the term custom. Correct. Yeah, uh, I can I can design you almost any type of orthoses that you want within a, a certain range, obviously. Uh, so it's it's really based on the need of the patient, and we work with the patient uh, on a regular basis to figure out exactly what their needs are, uh, and then we try and meet those needs. So it may we we can design an orthotic, and if if it doesn't fit exactly right, if the patient is not, is not completely happy with it, being that we own the lab, we have the opportunity to redesign and really work one on one with the patient to find out exactly what it is that the patient wants uh, as far as their orthotic. We do the same thing for bikers as well. We have a biking orthotic for them as well. For cyclists? Yeah, or cyclists. All right. Excellent. Clearly, I'm not a cyclist because I, 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 I don't know what they call. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to clarify so that the guys driving their Harleys, they weren't like, oh, cool, I can put something in my shoe and ride better. I, and they can. Oh, yeah? You yeah. have something for that as well? <laughs> Again, I can make an orthotic for, for anything any shoe, you need. Okay. Any shoe that's out there. You know, Dr. Robitaille would be very disappointed in me that I, I, I didn't say cyclist because she is a cyclist. Oh, yeah? A triathlon, actually. A oh. triathlete. Um, at least I see you got words wrong too. It's not just me. Yeah. Hey, it quit happens. Beating up on, quit beating up on me. <laughs> All right, moving right along. Before we get to um, the 
we're going to go touch on kids. But before we get to the kids, I want to talk about the average Joe. Because that would be uh, kind of why we got Jamie here and yeah. myself. Because we are average Joes. He's not just an average Joe. He's an average Jamie. Okay. So here's the deal. <laughs> <laughs> See, that was my joke. No? Nothing? No. no. Oh, man. Wait, I'll say it again. We have not an average Joe, but an average Jamie. Would that help? No? Not at all? All right. So average Joes, we got plenty of people out there who are not elderly, are not runners, and are not kids. Why is this important to them, and why should they even care? Because well, here's, here's, up until most of my 20s especially, I didn't care at all. Like, just give me a shoe, I'll wear it, no big deal. Why should I have cared through my 20s and currently now in my 30s? Well, here's the thing. I mean, foot ailments has no age limit. It, it could happen to anyone. You know, one of the most common foot ailments that there is is plantar fasciitis or heel pain or heel pain syndrome. You know, a lot of people suffer from this uh, from all age groups. So one of the things that that you should understand is that the reason that it never really bothered you in your youth is that the body is a very, very smart machine. And the body is in a constant state of repair 24-7. So as you... As you're growing, we injure ourselves daily, and we have no idea that we did it because the body, again, is in a constant state of repair. But as we get older, that repair mechanism slows down, and the symptoms start to creep in, and that's when you start developing pain. So we, we can help the body along by supporting it early in life. But we don't have those problems, so people don't think about it. So, you know, you wear what you want to wear. You can kind of live life and have fun, and you just pay for it later. But there are things that you can do to prevent it. So as far as the average Joe, as you will call it, one of the things about people is we have a life to live. We get up every day. We go to our jobs, whatever they may be, but our feet have to get us there. Uh, If you have instabilities, if you have certain deformities, i.e. flat feet, bunions, that big bone sticking out by the big toe, you know, hammer toes, the clawing of the toes, all these different types of deformities are caused by instabilities in the foot. A lot of people will look at these things and be like, mm, it's normal. Uh, my feet look like this my whole life. Uh, and, and they just never really did anything about it until they become symptomatic or painful. Uh, if you start addressing these things early, there's a, a lot of things that you can do to try and prevent these or at least slow down the progression of them. Some of those deformities are progressive deformities, which means that they only get worse and only then it can correct them in surgery. Bunions are one of them. You know, it's a progressive deformity. However, if you stabilize the foot by wearing orthotics and good supportive shoes, you can slow down the progression of that deformity. And that can be the difference of having surgery in two years or having surgery in 30 years. Oh, wow. You know, it's not it's not it's not the point of uh, of not having surgery It's the point of when you're going to have surgery when you have that type of deformity, i.e. a bunion. Uh, But there's other things like. Like plantar fasciitis and plantar fasciitis or heel pain uh, syndrome is one of those things where, and I, I always go back to like cars. People always can relate to cars. So this is kind of like how I explain stuff to my patients. But plantar fasciitis is kind of like your car. You know, you get in your car one day and it doesn't start the same. You find it to be weird, but then it starts up, you drive and it never happens again. And then a couple months down the road, it, you know, it's something else that happened or it'll do it again. And you know it, it it sends off a signal, but it's still running fine, and it hasn't done it again. Well, plantar fasciitis is the same thing. It's one of those type of um, of injuries that the body's going to try and correct itself. So the first time you may have pain for a day or two, and the pain goes away, and you may not have pain again for a couple of months. But yet still, you never did anything about it. You haven't treated it on the line of mechanism. So during this time, the body is still damaging this tendon. I know that firsthand. And then a couple months down the road, you have that pain again. And then you notice that the pain is coming quicker and quicker and staying longer and longer. Mm-hmm. Now, if we would uh, address this the first time that you notice that pain, there's a good chance that you wouldn't be having the, that, that, that pain again and longer down the road. So it's one of those things In where... In my case, too, it was years. Correct. Like the first time I noticed the pain, it, I thought maybe eh, I just pulled a muscle or just tweaked something. And then it would go six, eight months with nothing. And then it took years until it went to the point, which was last year when you helped me out. And I had such severe pain. 
it was in my heel and it had resonated up my heel into like my Achilles that I had such severe pain I could barely walk. I was it hurt so bad until he hooked me up with orthotics. And at first, when I put them in too, it was like they're like the weirdest things when you first put orthotics on. As speaking as an average Joe, it it really was like so strange, but it felt funny to put them in at first. But it took about a week to get used to them. After about a week, I haven't had pain since. So here's the thing about that, especially with the orthotics. And when when I talk to my patients about their feet and the orthotics, your feet are kind of like your kids. If you allow your kids to do anything that they want, they're happy. But the minute you put some type of restrictions on them, they're going to fight you on it. Your feet are the exact same way. You have been walking around on those feet for your whole life. And your feet has basically been doing whatever they want for your whole life. Then all of a sudden you put some restrictions on them. And they're like, hold up, what is this? I can't do what I want to do now, so I'm not happy. But as soon as they start to start to conform to your rules and conform to your restrictions, they're like, okay, this is something that we're going to have to deal with, so we'll deal with it. So now your feet are used to it. Now if you go without them, now you have problems. You know, now you can't now you can't go without your orthotics because I, the body is used to being in that proper alignment. Yeah. So that's that's why it feels so weird at first because the body is not used to it. It's foreign to the body. Anything that's foreign to the body, the body's going to try and reject it. A little side note. I know we like to go on tangents here. This is a quick little side note. It really helps with my balance. I know we said we were talking about balance with some of this as well. As well. But as an average Joe, uh, one of the things that like we talked about in the, every episode so far is pool. I notice that I shoot better when I wear my orthotics than when I don't. When I wear my shoes that I like, I had gone out with just regular shoes on and didn't have them in, or I have my running shoes with my orthotics slipped in. I notice the difference in my balance and for me shooting. I like when I really want to shoot well, I actually wear my running shoes with my, my orthotics, and I notice a big difference. Well, and again, it goes back to what we talked about earlier: that foundation, that base. If the foundation is in proper alignment, everything that's stacked on top of that foundation is going to follow that alignment. But if your foundation is is not in the proper alignment, whatever alignment that it's trying to go in, the body is going to try and follow that alignment. So you're going to be out of alignment. You're not going to be level. You're not going to be balanced. So it's one of those things where if you can get the foot back into its proper alignment and hold it there, the body is going to follow that alignment. And you're going to notice improvements in your knee pain, in your hip pain, and in your lower back pain because everything is coming back into its proper alignment. Hmm. That's that's pretty cool. Pretty interesting. Um, any questions there, Jamie, on anything that we were talking Actually, about? Actually, yes, I do have a question. Okay. Uh, if we go back to talking about the elderly and uh, fall protection, uh, you mentioned obstacles with loved ones, you know, taking uh, a proactive approach uh, to protecting their parents, grandparents. Uh, I myself have two grandparents that are, you know, up in the years. Uh, is there anything that you see come through your office that is uh, that happens more often around the house that they trip on, causes a fall, something like that? Yes, carpet. Carpet? Yes. Uh, you know, a lot of people have, like, throw rugs in their homes. And if you have a walker or a cane uh, and it catches on a throw rug or the edge of the carpet, it, it, there's a great chance that you, you're going to end up falling. Uh, another uh, another big one is uh, steps in the home. Uh, like you have uh, some homes that have like transitions from the kitchen down into the living room, or yeah. or you know those yeah. th- those one step type uh, type areas in the house. Like thresholds. Correct. Yeah. Th- th- those are big problems uh, as well. One of the things that I would like to recommend to loved ones that have elderly uh, parents or grandparents is to have someone like occupational therapy come in and do a home evaluation. And what they can do is they can come in, they can take a look at the home, and they can give you ideas on what you can do to make the home safer for your loved one. Oh, really? Mm. Yeah. That's cool. I didn't know that that yeah. existed. That's pretty neat. Um, all right, so we talked about a bunch of stuff of for the average Joe of um, how to correct issues and make sure you're watching out for them. However, had I not met you, I would have had no idea what types of things to look for or how to – figure out if I have a problem, what things, because like you said, you have to wait for pain. Well, if I'm not in pain, what can I look for to give me the the warning signs it, that something could be a problem in the future how or do you, is a problem? Now? How do you know when you need to change the tires on your car? 
What are some of the things you look for to say, you know what, I probably need to change my tires? Well, I used to live in Pennsylvania, and they have inspections every year. I know you guys don't <laughs> have that here in Georgia. So uh, they used to tell me that, which is why I go to a doctor, too. They tell me when things are broken. So I say, ow, and it, that's usually how things work. But you just asked me, what can I do prior to that to make that's sure That's why that I'm asking you, exactly. so I know what to look for. So the question I asked was, Jamie. <laughs> okay. I'm almost certain Jamie can answer this question because Vic has been the, the devil's advocate here. Jamie, how, how, how do you know when it's time to change the tires on your car? Or how, what, how do you inspect your tires? Well, first you have to look at them. Exactly. Take a penny, put Lincoln's head down. If it covers the top of his head, change your tires. So if, the, if you look at your tires and you see the wear pattern is completely gone, then it's probably time to change your tires, correct? Absolutely. All right. With that being said, your shoes is a good indicator of what's going on with the function of your feet. Okay. You look at your wear pattern on your shoes, um, and you can see where, where you're wearing the shoes out the most, and that's a good indication of where your instabilities are. Now, the wear pattern on the bottom of the shoe or the inside of the shoe? Both. Okay. Both. The bottom of the shoe tells us a lot about the way that you walk. The inside of the shoe tells me a lot about the pressures that you're applying to the bottom of your foot. Uh, so if I take out your sock liner out of your, or your insole out of your, your shoe, and I see that you're wearing a hole up under one of the toes, it lets me know that you're putting way too much pressure on that particular area of the foot. Or right up on the ball of the foot, or for the medical term, the, right on the metatarsal heads. If I see that you're wearing a hole there or if I see a, a big, big pressure point there, I know that you're putting a lot of pressure there. So these are good tools that I use to determine where I need to offload pressures. And it's, it's a great tool for diabetic patients. So but, as a average Joe out there in the world, looking at my own shoes, that's a really good sign. I may not have pain yet, right. but that's a really good sign that right. there's pain to come. Correct. Correct. So if you look at your shoe, and let's say on the outside edge of your shoe, right where it goes around the ankle, let's say that after two months of having your shoe, you notice that the material around the area is starting to tear apart. You know, it's, it's wearing away. That's a good indication that there's something going on in your ankle, that you have some type of instability there, and the ankle bone or the malleolus is coming down on that collar of that shoe. So there's, there's, there's usually some instability there. Or you take a look at your shoe and you see a completely down, the outside part of the shoe is completely worn, but the inside part of the shoe still look new. It means that you're, you're rolling too far or you're supinating. Or the opposite, if you see that the inside part of your shoe is completely worn and the tread on the outside part of your shoe hasn't even been touched, that means that you're overpronating or you're flat-footed. So these are some good, indica- some good indicators that something is going on. You're not going to know exactly what's going on, but it's something that you can say, hey, let me make an appointment and go in and let's talk about this and see if we can figure out why this is happening and what we can do to, to correct it. But these are some of the things that you can look for. Is there anything else that we can look for based, other than shoes, anything in everyday life that we can yes. look at? Uh, you know, some people, foot problems can often present in other places. And what I mean by that is, you're like, man, you know, my back has been hurting a lot lately. You have no pain in your foot, but your back is bothering you. But it very well could be coming from your feet. So just because you have pain somewhere else doesn't mean that it's not coming from the feet. So it's, it's one of those things where you, you all of a sudden you, you're developing pains in other parts of the body. It's, a good, it's a, probably a good idea to, to have that whole kinetic chain kind of looked at. Once again, going back to the house, it's, if the it's, wall starts cracking, doesn't do any good to start fixing the wall if the foundation if, is screwed up. Absolutely. Gotcha. Absolutely. Gotcha. Now, going back to the topic that we were talking about earlier, is there anything that we can look about with our balance? Yes, uh, there's, there's some indicators that, that you can look for as far as balance. Uh, one of the main ones is that let's say that you and your wife are walking down the sidewalk, you know, and you get, ha- occasionally. And you get halfway down the sidewalk and you, you notice that she's kind of drifting over into your lane. Have you watched us walk? Is that what this is? Because <laughs> that definitely happens. And, and, and it does. And, and that's a key indication that there's some instability there and she's having some balance issues. Okay. Um, I will say that a lot of people that have balance issues – do not realize that they have it. They, they have no idea that they're drifting. So it's, it's one of those things where the loved one can kind of notice these things. You know, it's, it's not common for your loved one to drift over and onto you whenever you walk inside by side. You know, tripping a lot is a key indication that there's something going on and you may have some balance issues. So people that think that they're just clumsy, it could actually... Absolutely. Uh, and, an and you hear it all the time. Like, oh, I, uh, I'm just clumsy. But, and that's correctable. 
Yes. For the most part. For the most part. Yeah. It, it, it still comes down to what's actually causing that problem. It doesn't necessarily have to be coming from the balance. It could be neurological as well. So, and that's where we come in at. That's where the physical examination comes in at. Uh, that's where the history comes in at and so on and so forth. The other thing that I would tell everyone as patients, when you go into your physician, not only to specialists, but any physician, you have to be a good historian. You know, you, we, we need to know the smallest little details tells us a lot. So don't, don't leave it out because you think it doesn't matter. You know, be a good historian, everything that is relevant or even that you think is not relevant, tell everything. Yeah. You know, and that gives us everything that we need to determine exactly what we need to do and what we're chasing. Too much info is better than not enough. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, we are now going to move on past the average Joe and move on to kids. This is something that I personally don't know a whole lot about as I am not a parent currently. But uh, both of you gentlemen are parents. Yes. So um, you guys might be able to uh, shine a little more light onto this topic. Kids. Um. First things first, what types of – I'm not going to – I just looked at the word again to say it, and I'm going to screw it up. Orthoses. Did I say it right again? Orthoses, yes. Yeah, all right. What types of orthoses do children have or are offered for kids? Is there specific types? Or, again, you just basically – it's all based off of custom work. Well, it, it, it is all based off custom work. Most of your, your younger kids, um, I would say from the – ages of 18 months to um, probably about six or seven, sometimes eight or nine, will get what they call a UCBL-type device. And what the... So that's a pretty common thing. Yeah. The term UCBL actually came from the uh, University of Berkeley, which is the one that came up with the Berkeley shell. But basically what it is, is, um, it's a very high, deep heel cup orthotic. And what I mean by that is the, the heel cup of the orthotic is deep, usually uh, probably about 18 millimeters deep. And the lateral side and the medial side comes up really high up almost to the ankle. So basically what we're trying to do is we're trying to um, encompass the whole foot uh, for the kids so we can control both the inside and the outside part of the foot from uh, instabilities. And they usually stay in these type of orthotics until uh, they get up to around you know, eight or nine. Uh, at 10, sometimes depending on the size of the child, and then that, then we'll start to wing them into a, more of a uh, just a regular biomechanical type device, which is uh, has a lesser profile. Okay. Now, those are some of the things that you guys do to fix problems. But right. kids, very much like me when I was young, they don't realize unless there's pain. Correct. And and here's one of the things that kids typically uh, don't present with pain symptoms. But parents would notice that one of the big, some of the bigger things, flat feeding kids, pediatric flat feed is like, is, I mean, it's an epidemic now. We, we see it a lot. How um, do parents notice? How, how can a parent tell? That well, I mean, if you, if you look at your child as, as they walk and you see that their ankles completely collapse down, uh, that's, that's the indication that they, they have flat feet. Or you can do the wet foot test. Like if you have towel in your house. Uh, you know, wet the child's foot, have them step onto the towel. And if you can see the whole shape of the foot, that means that they have flat feet. But if you only can see the front part of the foot and the heel, that means they have high arches. So it, these are some of the, the tricks that you can use. But most parents are going to understand that or realize that something just do not look right about the way that my child is walking. Uh, and that, that's a key indication that you, you need to bring them in to, to have them evaluated. I want to touch on that test, though, a little bit more because... I know there's a lot of uh, overprotective parents out there, and so if they're freaking out and, like, something's just not right, so basically what you're saying is all they have to do is wet their kid's feet, put down, like, a paper towel of some sort, or... Uh, yeah, like, like, some people have towel floors in their house, or wood floors. Anything that's going to leave a imprint of the foot once it's wet and stepped down onto the surface, and they just give you an indication of what what type of, what foot type they have. Just and, the basic start. And I will tell you that you can go online. You can go online, and you can you can Google... Google this and it, it'll give you like different what the different footprints should look like. And out beside it, it's going to tell you uh, flat feet, uh, neutral, high arch. And don't let it go. Correct. So even if you do this test and you're like, oh, they have flat feet, big deal. They'll yeah, no, you, you, you need to do something about it. And and some people are like, oh, they'll grow out of it. You know, it's, and it's, it's not something that, that kids grow out of. They grow into it. So. Yeah. 
what kind of things, if it's ignored, can happen? Well, as as they get older, uh, you, again, going back to that whole structural type uh, type type deal, if the if the body is not in a balanced state, if the body is 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 not working together, it's working against itself. So if if a child is flat footed and, and they're over pronating, the joints above that are going to try and work against themselves. And as these kids get older, they're going to develop all different types of things like arthritis and, and uh, different types of injuries, you know, ACL injuries, shin splints. All these things comes from, from instabilities that can be prevented if we can start treating it at an early age. So it doesn't guarantee that that stuff will not happen. It just greatly decreases the risk. Right. Of that stuff, and, and that's the thing about medicine. There, there's, there's, there's no, no 100% guarantees. Yeah. Uh, but there's a lot of preventive type things that we can do. And prevention is, is the key to uh, healthy living. All right. Well, that's just one of the things that parents can do. Is there anything else that they can look for in their children? Well, you know, with kids, what, what parents have to understand is that, for one, kids are going to fall. <laughs> you know, so just because just because your child is walking and falling doesn't necessarily mean that there's something going on. Jamie, have you ever seen your child fall? Once or twice. <laughs> Once or twice. But you know, I mean, some of the things that that you can kind of kind of look for is, um, it, again, just the odd, the oddness of the way that they walk, or if it, it looks odd to you, or obviously if they're complaining about pain at the play, like if if your kids go outside and, and play all day and they come back in and they say their feet hurt, the more likely something is wrong, something is going on. You need to have that looked at. But it's yeah. it's it's really it's mo- mostly going to be visual. Not like my dad and just say suck it up. That's not a good thing. No, uh, no. no. Right. I mean, if, if suck it up, kid. If, if they come back in and and they're complaining of pain, and this is something they do on a regular basis, they're telling you the truth. You know, they're telling you that something is going on. They can't tell you what it is. They they just know that their feet hurt or their knees hurt or their ankles hurt. You know, as nine times out of ten, that's coming from some type of instability in that base, and we need to have that evaluated. So bring them in. Let's get them evaluated. Worst case scenario, it's nothing. And once again, if you're in the uh, Georgia area, you can go to? You can go to Atlantic Foot and Ankle Specialists, and we're located in Savannah, Pooler, Statesboro, New River, South Carolina, and Hinesville, Georgia. So if you're in that area, you can always... Take your child to any of those offices. Look them up on the web. It's Atlantic Foot and Ankle. It's www.AtlanticFootandAnkle.com. All right. Um, one of the other things that I will say is even if you're not in the area, go to the website. There, We, we post a lot of educational stuff on our website. Uh, right. There's a lot of things that you can you can just pull from the website. If you have questions, uh, you know, we're on social media. Uh, you can – it's so easy to get in touch with any of the practitioners in our in, in, in our office. Um, our marketing department keeps keeps a close eye on that type of stuff. If someone sends us in a question, uh, we we will get back to them. Oh, that's good to know. That's good to know. Now, um, speaking about orthotics, you guys have that lab, yes, uh, the Art Rivals Lab. Uh, this is for mainly people who can come see you guys. I know that uh, kids grow and they get uh, bigger as they go. So what do you – do you offer anything for kids who get orthotics? Because that's one of the scary things as a parent, I'm sure, that if your kid needs something like that when they're young, two weeks later they're growing out of it or a month later they're growing out of it. And orthotics, doing anything like that, clothes, is expensive. For parents to think that that's just an extra expense and ridiculous – anything you can do for them? Yes, and, and, and you're right. Uh, kids – grow really really fast and orthotics are not cheap i mean it's it's they, they can be pretty expensive and you, you don't want to have to spend that type of money on orthotics uh every time your child out, outgrows them so what we what our lab did we offered what we call an outgrowth policy and basically what that is is an, an insurance policy for the orthotics it covers a child for two years every two years you renew the policy until that child is 18 once they turn 18 they fall out of the outgrowth policy out, out of the outgrowth program so how at the, that point most people um, you're pretty an, much you're an adult at that point done growing and you and should be taking care of your own stuff anyhow. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but no, at, suck at, it up, kid. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at at age eighteen, you you're considered an, an adult and you know, you're working and 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 you, you're taking care of your own health at that at that point. Uh, the outgrowth policy is for the kids, but it's also to protect the parents financially as well. 
and the way that it works is typically rule of thumb is when the child goes up two shoe sizes, it's time to change the orthotics. Oh, okay. So two shoe sizes, the orthotics will last them two shoe sizes before they need to be changed. And typically a child will go through uh, two pair of orthotics within a year, basically within a two years. I'm sorry. All right. Well, that's good to know. So uh, that exists. If you can go check out Atlantic foot and ankle and take a visit, they have their outgrowth policy so they can hook you up. But it's coming to be that time where we are uh, about to end things here. It's coming up on the end of... So we want to start a new thing here. It's our third episode, and I've been bugging Damon about starting this. And I'm excited because today we are going to have our first Fun Foot Fact. Hit me, Damon. So the Fun Foot Fact of the day is, did you know? That a pair of feet has 250,000 sweat glands. That's disgusting. <laughs> it's funny, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. That has been Life from the Feet Up. My name is Victor. My name is Damon. And our special guest. This is Jamie. We had a blast. Hope you had a fun time with it. Hope you guys learned something once again. The email here is lifefromthefeetup at gmail.com. So make sure you uh, send us any questions, concerns, and we'll do our best to answer them. Check out that website once again. It is www.atlanticfeet.com. All right. We will check you out later in Podland. (laughs) Good night, folks. Life from the Feet Up is brought to you by Atlantic Foot and Ankle Specialists. Check them out on the web at www.atlanticfeet.com.